So hello everybody, welcome to the podcast, The Clueless Doctor, and as always, this is your host, Sankalba Chakma. So in this episode, I will talk about the mitochondria. In the last episode, I talked about the nucleus, so I thought that the next the next organelle inside the cell that, that's that's the that's most important is the mitochondria. So I should talk about mitochondria. So mitochondria are also known as powerhouses of the cell. In fact, this is something that we have been so so grained. Like <coughs> I mean, um, I don't know. It's, it's even a meme. I as I I came across on the internet, like some like high school science teachers in ingraining into us that mitochondria are the powerhouse powerhouses of the cell so i think we all know this so where are mitochondria present although present in all cells mitochondria are available in higher quantities in those cells which require more energy for example cardiac muscle cells also called cardiomyocytes contain a lot of mitochondria compared to fat cells as they require large amounts of energy inside the cell itself the mitochondria are concentrated in those portions of the cytoplasm which consume more energy each eukaryotic cell you know we human beings we are we are composed of eukaryotic cells so cells in general uh, in, in all living organisms can be categorized into two types eukaryotes eukaryotic cells and prokaryotic cells prokaryotic cells are the very basic cells which don't have a uh, cell membrane i guess <coughs> or, or even a nuclear membrane so we are not prokaryotes we are we, we are eukaryotes and we have a lot of mitochondria so it's pretty interesting to know how eukaryotic cells developed mitochondria because you know mitochondria were originally not present in eukaryotic cells so this is something that we got from other organisms probably by interacting with aerobic bacteria so whenever when when our when, when eukaryotic cells ingested the aerobic bacteria so some part of the bacteria was left behind in this cell and that <coughs> and from that mitochondria came into came into birth so so enough of you know origin and and about the distribution of mitochondria inside the cell let's talk about structure so how big is a mitochondria so it is very variable some mitochondria are big some small but the size ranges from as small as, as as small as a few hundred nanometers to in diameter to as large as one micrometer in diameter and seven micrometer in length. So I don't really know how many nanometers make one micrometer, but I can definitely say that one micrometer is much, much bigger than a nanometer. So so the, the sizes of mitochondria really vary and possibly depending on the type of cell. So those cells which require more energy, they have probably bigger mitochondria. And what about the shape of mitochondria? So once again, 
uh, mitochondria come in diverse shapes. Many are globular sausage shapes or branching or filamentous. And just like the just like the cell membrane and the nucleus, the mitochondria is also surrounded by a lipid bilayer. So this lipid bilayer consists of an outer membrane and and an inner membrane and the space between the outer and the inner membrane is called the intermembrane space. <coughs> so the inner membrane of the mitochondrial membrane has several infoldings. It, it folds to the inside, it gives, it, it gives off some internal projections to the inside and these, and these projections give rise to some tubule-like spaces called cristae. So cristae actually increase the surface area of the inner mitochondrial membrane and they are important because many of the enzymes and stuff that is needed to, to work in the mitochondria uh, is present on the cristae. And um, inside the, so if we go further inside the cristae, there's a space and that space is called the matrix. So the matrix fills the inner cavity of the mitochondrion it contains large large quantities of dissolved enzymes that are necessary for extracting energy from nutrients these enzymes operate in a, in association with the oxidative enzymes on the cristae to cause oxidation of the nutrients thereby forming carbon dioxide and water and at the same time releasing energy so <coughs> i think what i what i said just now might seem a bit complicated but but what's happening here is that so the cell derives energy from from outside it so so most of this energy is in, is in the form of say glucose or other or other nutrients like fatty acids and um amino acids from proteins but to convert these nutrients into energy they have to undergo several chemical reactions and a good chunk of those reactions takes place in the mitochondria. So in the mitochondria, there's oxygen, and oxygen helps in extracting the energy from these nutrients. In the process, carbon dioxide and water are formed from, from, from these energy-producing reactions. Energy is actually ATP, so ATP is the energy currency of the cell, you know, <coughs> whether it's, it's our muscles which need to contract or our brain cells which need to do their work they all derive their energy from ATP. So ATP is formed inside the mitochondria. So that's, uh, that's why they are called powerhouses on the cell. And, you know, ATP can also be formed like outside the mitochondria without the help of oxygen. But the amount of ATP formed in this way, without oxygen and aerobic, which that's how we call it, it is very less compared to the energy ATP created through oxidative metabolism in the mitochondria. So, <coughs> speaking of oxidative, you know, metabolism, then, you know, the, um, there is, if, if I go into detail, I'll have to talk about a lot of different stuff, but to long story short, you know, uh, there are there are many components, many complexes inside the mitochondria, complex one, complex two, three, four, and so, so what happens is that these complexes they actually, like you know, they actually allow the passage of electrons, and through the flow of electrons, which we call the electron transport chain, so ATP is formed. Now, 
the exact mechanism is, is, is very interesting, but also I don't know how to explain. I mean, it, it, it would have been better if I had some diagram, but I don't. So, so just we should know that electrons are necessary for the final part of the machinery, ATP synthase, to generate ATP. <coughs> now, so now it's time for some some interesting characteristics of the mitochondria. So first of all, the mitochondria is self-replicative. So it can actually divide itself. So in certain situations when the body needs to needs to produce more energy, mitochondria can actually divide amongst themselves to produce more mitochondria. And um, so, and also mitochondria is, the, the another interesting point about mitochondria is that they contain their own DNA. So we know that the nucleus has is genetic material, most of it actually, the nuclear DNA, but the mitochondria also has its own DNA. That is called the mitochondrial DNA. In short, we call it mtDNA. And this DNA is it's very interesting. It's actually inherited from the mother. So that's why, you know, when anthropologists or scientists they they study about say in ethnicities and all that stuff. So they can actually, you know, they can actually study, they can actually point out which are the genes inherited from the mother because by analyzing the mitochondrial DNA, we we really know that mitochondrial DNA is inherited from the mother. <coughs> and the structure of mitochondrial DNA is is a bit different from that of nuclear DNA. So while nuclear DNA is is arranged in a double helical structure. If you have, you know, if if any one of you have studied bi biology, even in high school, you must have seen that very familiar structure of the DNA, the double helix. However, the DNA present in mitochondria is is not double hel helix, but it is circular, and this is exactly how DNA looks like in bacteria. That's another reason why we believe that mitochondria have been derived from bacteria <coughs> and um and also like um you know dna they, they contain information to to make proteins and these proteins go on to really shape the way cells work and the way we work now now mitochondrial dna does not contain all, all of the genes in fact it, it contains comparatively very less genes and most of these genes they are responsible for mostly the enzymes required for oxidative phosphorylation and how, however these enzymes are also encoded by the nuclear dna so we we need both the mitochondrial and the nuclear dna for for the you know for the enzymes present in uh, which 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 do the work in oxidative phosphorylation now that's about <coughs> sorry i <coughs> sorry I, I i have a cough and um i i, I had a i had some cold like if um a, a week or so back and it has improved i i don't have that runny nose anymore but my cough it's a dry cough and i'm and i'm hoping that it is not covid that i suffered from so the dry cough the very annoying dry cough remains so um yeah i so yeah you will have to probably probably hear a few more coughs during this episode never mind 
Um, let's talk about mitochondria. So, so far I've talked about the normal stuff about mitochondria, the structure, the function, and, and what things are present in the mitochondria. What about diseases related to mitochondria? <coughs> now, <coughs> oh, okay, I really should drink some water. But yeah, just a few more minutes left before I finish this episode. So, so mitochondrial diseases. So there are, you know, there are 40 diverse groups of mitochondrial diseases, and they are grouped together because they because they lead to failure of the mitochondria. And as we know, the mitochondria produce ATP, so if there is some defect in the mitochondria, then the cells won't produce enough ATP, then the, the body will be lacking in energy, and that's really bad. And so signs and symptoms of mitochondrial diseases are, are, are various, Depends on the tissues involved, actually. So, if if the mitochondrial defect is in is in the muscles, then that's going to cause different symptoms compared to say mitochondrial dysfunction in the brain. So overall, you know, mitochondrial diseases they can affect any organ system. So they can present in various ways. <coughs> Some of these ways are altered motor control, altered muscle output gastrointestinal dysfunction, altered growth, diabetes, seizures, visual hearing problems, lactic acidosis, developmental delays, and increased susceptibility to infections. And how do we manage mitochondrial diseases? Is there a cure for mitochondrial diseases? Well, no. So the, we, we haven't still found the way to treat mitochondrial diseases at their core. But we can manage the symptoms, you know, a bit. So if someone has, say, uh, gastrointestinal dysfunction, vomiting, loose motion, then we can we can give some medicines to control those symptoms. However, the the core problem still remains. So maybe in the future we will come up with some very ingenious and advanced technology that can solve mitochondrial diseases. But for now, we don't have any cure. And. N- and mitochondrial dysfunction is also involved in the pathogenesis of many other diseases. You know, for example, Parkinson's disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, and probably almost any disease. So mitochondria are very important. So from this part, so, 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 so when they don't work properly, that can lead to so many problems. So... That brings me to the end of this episode, and so to summarize, uh, we talked about mitochondria in this episode, and mitochondria are very important. They are present in all in, in all cells, but particularly higher in those cells which produce, which require more energy, and the, or, the origin of mitochondria is from aerobic bacteria. We in the mitochondria evolved in, in our cells millions, billions of years ago. And the structure of mitochondria, you know, it, it has a double double layer. It, it is surrounded by a double bilipid layer. So, <coughs> so that layer consists of the outer membrane, the inner membrane, and between those two membranes, the intermembrane space. And inside the mitochondria, we have some cristae, some tubular infoldings, and 
and within within that we have the matrix so various enzymes are present in the inside the mitochondria and mitochondria uh, can have some unique properties they can self-replicate they can divide when it is needed of them they also have their own dna however this dna is different from the dna present in in the nucleus and um um, if the mitochondria don't work, then that can lead to various diseases. Specifically, there are some mitochondrial diseases. There are 40 of them, and they can manifest in various ways. There is no such cure for mitochondrial diseases. However, however, we can control the symptoms. And not just specific mitochondrial diseases, but mitochondrial dysfunction is also involved in many other common conditions like diabetes, Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's disease. So, yeah, I think that's about it for mitochondria, and I hope that this episode was useful. So, thanks for listening, and I will catch you next time. Bye-bye.